We've been forgiven. We are the sons and the daughters of our God. We are the saints. We are the children. We've been redeemed. We've been forgiven. We are the sons and the daughters of our God. I believe Miss Betty Wells has a special this morning. I saw an old friend at the market Standing in the checkout line She began to share her story And then I told her mine It was clear we both knew heartache So before I turned to go We made a simple promise That would lighten both our loads I'll pray for you You pray for me And together we'll touch heaven From our knees Anything can happen in His name When we agree I'll pray for you, you pray for me. What a privilege and an honor to know that God is there and to have His full attention anytime and anywhere. Sometimes when we're talking, the conversation turns to you. And as your needs are mentioned, God lifts my spirits too. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. And together we'll touch heaven from our knees. Anything can happen in His name when we agree. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. Amen. Thank you, Miss Benny. And uh, so great again to see each and every one here today. Just thrilled to have everybody. I uh, hope you picked up a bulletin on the way in, and if you have that, you can head to First Thessalonians chapter 1, or whether you have a bulletin or not, and uh, grab a Bible, look at First Thessalonians chapter 1. The other day I was listening to a preacher preach, matter of fact, Trey and I were, and Taylor, she was at the uh, chapel day, just a neat story was told about one of my favorite people. Billy Graham, and uh, just uh, 
renowned uh, preacher of the 20th century. It doesn't seem like we've been in the 21st century for almost a dozen years now. And but for the 20th century, he was God's man. Now his ministry, he's basically retired. He doesn't do any more crusades because of health. But back in the day, whenever Billy Graham was ripping and roaring, doing all the crusades all over the world, one day they were doing a crusade somewhere in the United States, and uh, he was writing uh, a letter to his wife Ruth. And so that was before emails and all that came along. And uh, he was walking down the street of that town, and he asked the boy, or there's a boy on the sidewalk, and said, uh, can you help me? I, I can't find the post office. I need to mail a letter. And the little boy said, yes, right down there, and you hang a left, and that's the post office. He said, thank you. Hey, we've got a crusade going on here in town, and uh, if you come to the crusade, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And uh, the little boy said, no, thank you. You can't even find the post office. And uh, so, all right, so out of the mouths of babes, it can happen. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, it says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. You know, some churches, and, and, uh, and I understand the time, uh, if you, uh, we still, even though that... Uh, Promised Land is a little bit bigger of a country church. We're still a country church as far as country churches are concerned. Uh, we're a little bit bigger than most country churches. But we're not as big as a city church, if you will. Uh, we still have prayer requests. I appreciate Brother Trey for taking over that duty for, from, for me. I love to hear the prayer requests. I have trouble locating them. And uh, because of one ear being so much stronger than the other, uh, a lot of times I get you to wave your hand if Trey is not there. He, he can locate you pretty good. And we, we have also in our bulletin prayer requests. And uh, it's good to offer prayer requests. Now, it, it can monopolize a, a worship service. I understand why some churches take it out of the worship service. If you spent two hours standing up offering prayer requests, uh, you would have very little energy left for uh, the preaching, which is the most important part of any church service. And uh, I appreciate, uh, but, I, but that's what he's saying here about prayer requests. I, I make prayer requests. I'm praying for you all the time. I'm giving thanks to God. And, and looking at this, what motivates us to be, thank, <clears throat> to be thankful? You know, because of sin, the Bible says, if you back up, just a few pages that some are not thankful. This is a very uh, accusatory chapter in the Bible. Romans chapter 1 is blatant. It is in your face. And he's saying, y'all aren't living. Now, Rome was a pagan capital. Rome was a hideous example, even of today's standards. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 it says this, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their heart, their foolish heart was darkened. Let's head now to Second Samuel chapter 22, and what I call David's song of thanks. Um, 
And in getting there, I've asked people to pray this prayer before. And uh, that is, can you pray a prayer? <clears throat> and pardon me for sniffing. Uh, just that time of the year, drainage, whatever. Uh, to pray a prayer without asking God for anything. I've challenged you, and that's a great thing to be reminded of. Matter of fact, I made it a point just a while ago whenever I prayed with the kids, if you paid attention to the prayer, uh, I pray. I never asked God for anything. I just said thanks. I think I said three or four thank yous in that little short prayer before they went off to uh, children's church. And that's tough to do if you pray for very long. Now, that prayer was less than 60 seconds, obviously, maybe been less than 30 seconds. But it's tough to sit down for two or three minutes and pray. I don't know if you've ever timed out your prayers. You may be a person that, uh, and I've mentioned this before, I used to call them bullet prayers. In other words, those short little prayers you offer throughout the day. I mean, uh, you you know, I want to kill a deer, and thank the Lord Caleb's harvested deer meat for us. We've got our freezer full. Uh, Brother Lee's arts are, are just are exquisite. And got them packed in there in the freezer. But I, you know, I want to shoot the deer. I don't want to harvest them with my vehicle. You know, and whenever I miss the deer with my vehicle, and, uh, and I say, whoo, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, that's a, but I stopped calling them bullet prayers. I started calling them popcorn prayers. Or if you ever get a text and it's a good news and you think, you say, thank you, Lord. That's a popcorn prayer. I mean, that's a short prayer. And those are really good to pray. It's good to pray popcorn prayers. Paul believed in them. He said, pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. And in look, and we all, but folks, you can't live on snack food all the time. All right? We, I mean, popcorn prayers are good, but you need a time to set aside to pray. You need a time just to give thanks. Now, David, it's not a popcorn prayer we're reading here in 2 Samuel Chapter 22, this is not popcorn, this is uh, real food here. In Second Samuel 22, verse 1, David spoke, spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation my high tower, my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Folks, He's worthy. He's worthy today. And I mean, we need to wake up and realize that we're not worthy, but He's worthy to be praised. And then it says, and if you skip on down, this is a long chapter, verse 50. It says this, it says, therefore, I mean, folks, he has been saying all of this. This is, again, not a popcorn prayer, but he's speaking this to God and the people. You know, some have talked about the difference between the old hymns in this hymn book over here. Uh, and, and they're good, man, they're deep theology, good hymns and the newer songs that are being written today. And some said this, and for the most part, it's true that most of the songs in here are about God. Uh, and a lot of the songs that are written today are to God. Uh, but great hymns of the faith. And he's, 
basically he's saying a hymn to God. Let me tell you about him. He's worthy to be praised. And because of all the things that God has done, the last two verses of this chapter say, Therefore I will give thanks unto thee. Matter of fact, as I was studying this this week and I was typing in different words, thank the Lord for computer concord- concordances, say that. Uh, but this is the very first time in the Bible that you see the word thanks. Now you may find a different form of it like thanksgiving or uh, thankful or something like that earlier But as far as the word thanks goes, this is the very first one. And then in a minute, we're going to look at the very last time in the Old Testament that the word thanks is given. He says also, He is the tower of salvation for His King and showeth mercy to His anointed unto David and to His seed forever. Talking about Israel. Head now to Daniel chapter 6. Now that's just a song of thanks. I'm thankful. I need to praise God. Folks, He's given you health. Many of us are here today, have struggled with your health. But you are here. You've had tough times. You've lost, people have lost jobs. People have lost family members. People have lost income. People have lost their health. Whatever it may be. Folks, even if we've lost so much, we still have much to be thankful for. And in Daniel chapter 6, we find what I call in the face of danger, we should pray. Now, they have taken prayer out of school, but like uh, one person said, as long as there are tests, there will be prayer in school, okay? (laughs) And I like that. That's true. And yes, they can, and I don't care. Where you are or where you go, you can pray. They can outlaw prayer, and you can still pray. It is still your choice. But as far as public prayer goes, whether it's in the schools or whether it's in, the, in a public square, they can outlaw it. But it's your choice whether to pray. Daniel, matter of fact, as we read here, Daniel 6 and verse 10, this is the last time you find the word thanks in the Old Testament. What an appropriate place for it. It says this. Now when Daniel knew, he knew the law had passed Congress, if you will, that the writing was signed. What law? That it was against the law of prayer. Make any supplication, any thanksgiving, any petition, any request, anybody but the king. But it was a trap set by the legislatures, if you will. I'm calling them by today's terms. But they knew who they were. They were henchmen. They were after Daniel because of they were jealous. And uh, he knew the bill, the, the law had been signed. And he went into his house. I like this part. This is really good. And his window being open in his chamber. Toward Jerusalem, well, from there, that would be facing west. All right? He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. He says, I don't care. 
They can pass all the laws they want to. I know I'm going to be thrown in the lion's den, and it doesn't matter. It says that he said he had a he had a a set time and a set place that he prayed. He and he opened the curtains. It wasn't. I mean, some he wasn't trying to show off. But you know what he was looking at? I'm sure he was looking over the horizon. He said, one day we'll get to go back to Jerusalem. One day we'll get to go back over there. And, and folks, he died over there. But think about it. Many people, the Bible says that believed God and trusted God, but never saw one answered prayer. Think about that. How many folks, I, I, we would be here all night long if we just simply took the rest of the day to tell me, the answered prayers y'all have had in your lifetime. We would be here the rest of the day if we just said, I want y'all to think of, write down, and we'll read them out loud, the answered prayers in your lifetime. What about people who never had a prayer answered? Maybe they just lived life in a, in a prison cell, in a foreign country, never getting to uh, go... To go home again. What if somebody ripped you out of your home right now, took you to a foreign land, and you never saw Ashley County or Promised Land ever again? Hey, matter of fact, there would be some in this room, they couldn't handle it. It would kill them, literally, to be ripped from your home and never to see home again. They couldn't handle it. Folks, today, you know, I was reading, I was talking to Dad, and I was, got the news on my phone, I was looking at Fox News, and they were talking about this super committee. And, uh, I, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't know what the future holds, and they were talking about these drastic one trillion cuts. I just can't imagine that kind of number. One trillion cuts. I didn't even know we were, we were up to a trillion. I mean. And we're cutting it. Is there that much money floating around the United States? I guess there is, but most of it's just in paper and debt. And uh, But folks, I think maybe life as we know it, especially in the 20th century, may never be that way again. There's been many of country that have gone through changes, and some of them are not always easy changes. But folks, I don't care if you've been ripped from your home in slavery or going through hard economic times. Folks, listen. Listen to me. You know, some people talk about the Great Depression, and it was a tough time for our country. But I like the way one writer put it I was reading about. And he said, you know, we faced 25% unemployment during the Great Depression, October 1929. But one fellow said, that was still 75% employment. Means, yeah. Three-fourths of the people had jobs. They didn't have good jobs, but they had jobs. And that, you know, and that kind of puts a different perspective on it. And you think, well, one-fourth of the people out of work. But yeah, but three-fourths of them are working. So, that, hey, it could be 75% unemployment. When, oh, by the way, it's 75% unemployment when you're ripped from your home like Daniel was and taken to a foreign land. They said they hung their harps on the willow trees and didn't want to sing anymore. This is, uh, folks, even in, as he, and, I, and re- really I just wanted to concentrate on that word of thanks. 
But uh, the story goes, yes, he was thrown in the lion's den. Then, and I've got to say this. I've got to say this. I um, I was rolling. You know, uh, if you're texting, what is it? R O F L. Rolling on the floor. Uh, teenagers, y'all help me. Rolling on the floor, laughing. You know, I remember the first time my my uh, dad saw L O L. He said, "What's LOL?" And uh, and so you know, and so okay, and you get all these abbreviations in texting. But he's he's texting now, and he's good at it. All right, or better. He sent his picture the other day. He took a picture at his house, sent it to me. He said, this is awesome. And we sent a picture right back to him. And uh, But I remember the first time I heard that Roy Chapman. I just had to say this. And uh, he, he, just, he said it. He said, Brother Michael, he said, the Lord stopped the mouths of those lines. He, the Lord shut the mouths of those lines. You know what that means? I'm in seminary listening to this. He said, when the Lord shut his mouth, you know what that meant? They, they couldn't even gum him. And I said, I just rolled in the floor because he was almost spitting his dentures out, you know. And uh, he said, they couldn't even gum him, Brother Michael, because his mouth was sealed. And uh, he was, why? He's God's man. And God was going to take care of God's man even in a lion's den. Well, I like that. They couldn't even gum him. Move on to the third one. And uh, it's impossible. Now, listen to this. Some of you, now, I thank the Lord. I will not name names, but some of you are natural negative people. Some of you are natural pessimists. Now, don't kick yourself too hard if you are. You say, well, somebody's got to be, you know, and I'm always a, a positive person. I'm an optimist. It, God wired me that away. And, uh, and I was talking to another preacher who is a pessimist. Uh, he said, but somebody's got to be a realist. You gotta, you're just not living in reality, Brother Michael, because you look at things too positively. And, uh, but folks, as I'm put in there, too blessed to be stressed. Okay? And what that means is this. It's impossible. Put me to the challenge. Prove me wrong. That if you're constantly uttering thanks... If you're constantly uttering thanks, you cannot be in a negative mood. You, it's impossible to be in a negative spirit. It, and I put here, basically, it's impossible to worry and stress and be thankful at the same time. So if you're, I mean, if you're saying, I just can't stand it, man, I'm stressed about the test, I'm stressed about the job, I'm stressed about my family, get you a pad and a pen and start making a list of everything You'll be thankful for, I dare you, you won't get to the bottom of the page before you're cheered up. Start writing everything down you can think of that you're thankful for. You won't make it to the bottom of the page before you're feeling better. And that's not a a power of positive thinking, Norman Vincent Peale type of method. Folks, that's out of the Bible Turn, if you will, to Philippians 4. Paul was wrapping up this love letter. And he said it to this church. So many of us are worry warts. Don't be elbowing anybody. Okay? Some of us are worry warts. I don't know what that means, but y'all do. Okay? Alright? But it says here, Philippians 4, verse 6. 
be careful, in other words, in King James, be careful for nothing. In other words, to be full of care, overburdened, worried. Don't worry about anything. That's what it means. Then there's semicolon in my Bible right there. Right after the word nothing. Don't worry about anything is another way to say that. But in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving. Too blessed to be stressed. Folks, some of you right now are envious of others. We talked a little bit about this in, uh, in Sunday school. had to do with the first chapter of Philippians. <clears throat> And it's easy, I know, I, you know, as a man, a guy, most of us guys, we, we get envious over, you know, a truck or bass boat or, man, I just wish I had a, had, you know, mainly possessions, a gun, that's a, but, you know, then there's a point in your life if you try, just halfway try to be content. There's a point in your life where you start to realize that I, I've got enough. I, you learn to be content. Now, Paul said that in First Timothy to be content in whatever state I'm in. To be content means to be satisfied. Well, maybe that's all I need is a, a, a 2,000 model truck. Maybe that's all I need is a 14-foot John boat. That's plenty. Thank you, Lord, that I've even got that. But, folks, here, when you think about what you have, when you think about what God has given you, so many times we if you let the flesh take over, then you're lustful, your covetousness, and lustful just means I desire. And our whole culture is based on that. If you let envy and being covetous, in other words, desiring what everybody has. And, and right now, people have cell phones and this and that. That's a great tool, but it's one of the things people are most jealous of. You know, you can look that up in any survey, but people are jealous and you will never be happy or content until you're thankful. Just be thankful. Thankful. But most of us are not thankful. And then that automatically leads to the last point. That this is a choice. Now, let's, uh, and I'm going to head over there. You can just head over there and listen along. The book of Leviticus, chapter 22. <clears throat> there were uh, seven main offerings in the Old Testament. All of them pointed to Christ. There was this really very interesting offering, and it's... <clears throat> Well, let's just read it here. In Leviticus chapter 22 and verse 29, it says, And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own free will. Our attitude is a choice. You wake up, the way you look at life is a choice. The way, in other words, you, you see it now. Listen to me. If you've ever done a study 
on temperament. Temperament means this. Did you know right when you're born, we've got a lot of little babies. Thank y'all, man, bringing the babies just awesome. We've got young'uns everywhere, people bringing their children, their grandchildren. That is awesome. Did you know whenever that child started forming in the womb, that guess what? The, they were going to be hardwired to be a certain way. Some of y'all are hardwired for stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Not, y'all don't be poking anybody now, all right? Some of y'all are hardwired for positive and negative. Some of y'all are hardwired for, some of y'all are highly organized. Some of y'all just throw stuff and wherever it lands, that's a good spot for it, okay? And this and that. And, uh, but you're all wired a different way. And, and that's called temperament. You can do a study on it. You can be a, some people in this room are natural procrastinators. I mean, they can put it off to the last second. Oh, yeah, and then they say, I work well under pressure. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, But some people, as soon as they find out, oh, i got to get that done right now. Two months due, I don't care. I'm knocking it out now. I won't have to worry about it. And uh, some people are wired that away. But you say, well, I, I cannot change. No, folks, you look at yourself. The Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay. So I'm made in the image of God with natural tendencies of weaknesses. That's called my flesh. And all you have to do, the Bible says, is you pray and say, God, I know I'm a natural pessimist. Or God, I know I'm a natural procrastinator. Could you help me with this? I know I tend to not be thankful. Dear Lord, can you help me be thankful? When's the last time we prayed for that? Did you know the disciples even prayed, Lord, increase our faith? If we can pray that just simple prayer, Lord, I just need more faith. One fellow said it this way, help my unbelief. Man, I just don't believe like I ought to. And I believe you, trust you. In a minute, we're fixing to have. We got plenty of time. I know food's waiting. Y'all put me in the pulpit in plenty of time. I'm wrapping it up. So y'all's bellies are going to be fine. All right? Yeah, they will. We're visiting to have a hymn of invitation. Maybe you just want to. And I know there's nothing magical about coming to the altar, but maybe you just want to come to the altar and tell the Lord, thank you. But there's something about saying, I don't like Daniel. I don't care what people think. I'm going to open my curtain. I'm going to look toward Jerusalem. I'm going to bow. And I'm going to give thanks. And I don't care who's looking in the window watching. Because they were. And they arrested him. And yes, he was punished. But God protected him. Did you know God doesn't save you? Doesn't say that he will keep you. From the fire. But he does say I'll go with you. And he was with him in prison. He's not going to always keep us out of trouble. But he says I will be with you through the trouble. And can't, what did he say? I gave thanks. I gave thanks. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation. As Brother Norman and our musicians. <clears throat> prepare for a song. May we give thanks today.
it was established in our country. Matter of fact, I really have enjoyed uh, Allie Joe's social studies teacher. Matter of fact, the one up there the other day, I was volunteering, uh, filled in for some teachers during Miss Lisa's uh, funeral, uh, so that a lot of teachers could go to that. And uh, I got to visit Mr. Carroll, and he's a social studies teacher that teaches. Allie Joe's sixth grade social studies, and he challenged all the parents and students to read George Washington's Proclamation of Thanksgiving, which is just loaded with recognizing God and being thankful to Him. Our first president of the United States saying, be thankful to God because He is the giver of all good gifts. No matter whether it's the president of our United States or just a citizen, let us be thankful to God for every good gift that has been given to us. 